welcome to Michael's Record Collection, where the music does the talking that says the things you want to hear. You can follow Michael's Record Collection on social media. It's just at Mike's Records on Twitter and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. I'd also love to hear from you, so please drop me a line and let me know how I'm doing at michaelsrecordcollection at gmail.com. This is episode number 49, and I'm pleased to bring you my conversation with Lana Lane. If you're not familiar with Lana's work, she's part of a musical collective in California that includes progressive rock trio Rocket Scientists and solo artist Eric Norlander, who's also in Rocket Scientists, and uh, Eric also happens to be Lana's husband. Lana is a terrific singer-songwriter in the symphonic rock genre. She's been doing this a long time, and uh, just a terrific voice, very reminiscent of Ann Wilson of Heart. She has a new album out called Neptune Blue. It's her first release in 10 years. I spoke to Lana about the making of this album, the long break between releases, the videos from the album, some of her side projects that she's done in the past, and much more. So let's get to that interview. Here we go. Welcome to Michael's Record Collection. I'm very happy to have with me today recording artist Lana Lane. Lana, thanks for your time today. My pleasure. It's great to be here. I want to talk to you a little bit about a new album coming out, Neptune Blue. comes out uh, January 8th on Frontiers Music. But just to set the stage a little bit, I always ask my guests uh, some questions about their background. And, and one of the questions I like to ask is, what's your favorite record? Oh, good one. Um... You're probably going to laugh at this, but my, one of my favorite records is uh, Live at the Sands with Frank Sinatra. And it's okay. with Count Basie, and it's arranged by Quincy Jones. It's just wonderful. The, the showmanship, the just his swagger and his connection with the audience is just fantastic. And it really is something special to me because it's just him and his voice and this wonderful orchestra and that connection that he gets with his audiences. Just, I love it. Okay, was that your first favorite record and it's and it's continued or did you have a, a first favorite that you, uh, that you remember? It probably was my first favorite because you know, my, my parents, that's the type of music my parents listen to. Mm -hmm. And it's just been in my um, catalog for years and years and years. So I, it's, it's something I, I always come back to and listen to. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm sad or if I'm happy, it's just one of those records that does it for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a very important aspect of any record. Um, you, you come from a musical background. Tell me a little bit about how you discovered music. What was your, what was your first experience in music like? My mother was a singer and she was in a vocal group called the vocal touches with her sister and they did big, big band swing music. Uh, my mom is Dutch. So this was in, in Holland and Germany. And then she met my father who was in the service at the time and they got married and moved to the States. And my dad was also a huge lover of big band music and listened to, you know, Count Basie and all those wonderful artists. So that was what I heard growing up from the time I can remember. And I always heard my mom singing and she always has joked and said that I sang before I talked or hummed and was just kind, kind of mimicked her. Um, and that's how I got into music. And my cousin, uh, Davey Vane, is the son 
of my mother's sister, and he had a recording career back in the 90s and still does actually, but he was more um, glam metal kind of like um, Motley Crue, um, you know, bands like that. But he's still he's still going too. So we're keeping the torch alive. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so when did when did things change for you in terms of um, steering you towards more pop and rock and even progressive rock? Probably when I met uh, Eric, um, I had moved to Los Angeles from Northern California to sing. Mm -hmm. And I was in a girl group. You know, we did, it was harmony, but it was pop. Well, each of us had a different style. Like I was the rock singer, then there was the pop singer, and then there was like the folk singer. And then each, during our shows, each of us were showcased. And I ended up, we ended up hiring Eric as the keyboard player because we lost our keyboard player he was Paul Murkovich and he ended up going on the road with the Nelson brothers. Um, good choice he made <laughs> so, <laughs> instead of staying with us. But anyway, um, so um, the drummer at the time said that he knew a guy that uh, was really talented and had wonderful gear and was progressive and that we should give him a call. So I, I did call him and I spoke to him. And at that time, you know, it was just cassette tapes. <laughs> so I sent him a cassette tape of what we were doing and he really liked it and he joined the band. And then he really started to um, expose me to more progressive music because I really was into, you know, hard rock and, and like I said, big, big band music, but I had never really been exposed to progressive music. And then when he exposed me to it, it was really awesome and then he was actually the one who suggested i become a little bit more progressive because of the competition um at that time for a singer you know it was alanis morissette and you know myriad of women like that and just to have my own uh, voice and he thought that you know if if since i like progressive music if i you know i put myself into that genre that it would probably be a nice fit. And he was mm -hmm. right. Sounds like your keyboardist leaving worked out for you pretty well too. It did. Who <laughs> <laughs> would have known yeah. you know, 32, well, we'll see, Eric and I'll be married 32 years in March. So ha ha, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and rumor has it, Eric's pretty good with the keyboards himself. Uh, oh, he is. I'm, yeah. a, I'm, I'm a fan of his music and, and rocket science. In fact, I had I had um, Mark and Don on on this show um, months ago. Uh, Eric was, I think, working on your album at the time. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about Neptune Blue. This is it's hard to tell because you've done a lot of records and I there's know. some compilations or some live albums. But I have this as your 11th studio album. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. OK. Yeah, it's and, even hard for me to keep track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, like I said, you have, you have cover covers albums that I don't think you guys necessarily count as as you know as solo albums, but you have your, right. your your live albums and and you've guessed it on what, what all the Rocket Scientists albums, pretty much, and Eric's music and that kind of thing. <laughs> and so, they all guessed on mine. <laughs> you you have a, a really nice. Actually, I'm glad you said that. You have a really nice little musical collective with with Mark and um, and Don and Eric and yourself and and you you built this little sort of um, family 
Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a great word for it. And you guys all kind of are there for each other and, and yeah. you complement each other well and you know what each other, like by now you guys know exactly what each other needs. For sure. I think um, it is one of the greatest parts of, you know, being um, a musician for me because you're vulnerable, you know, when you when you write things and, and um, it's really nice to have people who have your back and, you know, are willing to say, Hey, you know, maybe try this might be a little cooler or just their input of what they come up with as, as well. Mm -hmm. And that you just trust each other. And it's, it's a really wonderful relationship and we're, we're good friends too. It's not just being, you know, in, in bands together. It's, you know, we're, uh, Eric and I are the godparents to Mark's daughter, Emily. So. Okay. It's just, it's the way to, I think it's the only way that I would be able to survive in the business because it's, it's a really difficult business and it's fleeting as well. But when you have, you know, the kind of relationship that we all have, it's, it's all worth it. Yeah. Eric produced the album. It's um, yes. something Eric just does. Eric's Eric's the production guy. He, he does the same for you know for Mark and Rocket Scientists and everybody. Um, yeah. He's also in keyboards, plays a little bass, and and does some backing vocals on this. Yes, and he um, wrote uh, quite a bit of the songs too. Hmm. Quite a few of the songs, and uh, he's a very prolific writer. I'm not as fast of a writer as he is. Eric can just sit down and you know away he goes for me it's a little more it takes a little more time like you know sometimes a song will take me a couple months there have been songs occasionally that have come up you know and in a week it's finished but for the most part um it takes me a little longer probably because i don't read music which i've always regretted not learning which is so stupid because i should have <laughs> So it just takes me longer. You know, if I'm at the yeah. piano, I don't know the rules. I don't know what, you know, if, if I write a song and I, I'm trying to explain it to Eric, you know, it's like th these and he's like, wow, that's, that's not even a chord. <laughs> you know, it sounds beautiful, but you know, it's like, I can't, he can't, he can't, you know, translate it. So he'll just, you know, kind of write out, you know, what the, what the notes are. So mm -hmm. that's great. <laughs> what happened with Neptune Blue, actually, the song <laughs> Neptune Blue, he's like, wow, that's, <laughs> that's good. But what is that? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the good part is that it's, that he said it's good, you know, yeah. even if you he's, don't know what the chords are. <laughs> he's really, um, yeah, he, he, he has really helped me musically um just to you know be confident and he said sometimes it's good that you don't know the rules mm -hmm. you yeah know, that i think so play and so 
So uh, Jeff Coleman is uh, on lead and rhythm guitars on this. Mark McCrite on rhythm and acoustic guitars, additional yep. bass and backing vocals. Yep. On Schiff on NS Stick. Greg Ellis on drums and percussion. And I got a credit here for John Payne on backing vocals. And I have to admit, I've, I've listened to this album a few times. And, and John's got a very distinctive voice, and I can't find him. You can't? Oh, no. He would be so loved to hear that. I know. I and I like John a lot, and I like his era of Asia. And, yeah. Um, and there's some you know male backing vocals, and I can't tell. Is that John? Is that Mark? Is that Eric? I can't tell. We had so much fun doing the background vocals because we did them at his studio in Las Vegas, and this was like the first time in a few years that you know we've been able to get together and actually do do the work. And he and I were facing each other. And you know we're multi-tracked, of course, so that might be a reason why you can't can't yeah. pick him out either. But um, <laughs> because he's so expressive when he sings, sometimes he would be you know doing all this stuff, and I would break up laughing, <laughs> and so we would have to retake it just because it was so fun and funny. But yeah. he is there. Yeah, I I that's what I'm thinking is it's the way that the album is mixed is that it's just everything sort of melts together and it yeah so he doesn't stick out you know like um like I would have expected him to stick out I, yeah it's funny uh John was one of my first um musicians that I interviewed when I I had a, a my prog rock radio show and I had to go down to this hotel in Miami to find him and I couldn't find him uh at the appointed <laughs> time and he wasn't staying under his own name Oh, but, but Jeff Downs was staying under his own name and I and I got a hold of Jeff and Jeff got a hold of John. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a great story. Yeah. It's like Jeff Downs is probably oh. the, the famous guy in the band at that time, and he's the guy that's staying under his own name. It was really funny. I would love to know. Do you remember what John's pseudonym <laughs> was? No. I don't I don't think I asked him. I think I was just so happy that I finally tracked him down. <laughs> <laughs> but I could tell that I woke Jeff up. <laughs> on oh, the, oops! On the phone, <laughs> but that's okay. They, were, they had a good show. This is uh, coming out on CD and a limited edition two LP yellow vinyl, exclusive to Frontiers Web Shops. And is this the first thing you put out that's come out on vinyl? Yes, very excited about that because um, you know I'm from that era of records actual you know looking at the artwork and mm -hmm. reading the liner notes and I love like the little scratchy sound it's just I'm really excited yeah. about hearing myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's very nice and warm I, I, I that, yeah. that ought to be a nice little package do you do you know who uh, did you write the liner notes yourself is the company handling that or who uh, Eric and I wrote them okay Looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since El Dorado Hotel came out. Yes. Uh, when this album drops, when Neptune Blue drops, it will be almost 10 years to the day from the release date of El Dorado Hotel. Yes. Um, I guess the question is, why the long gap? Well, life happens, you know, and it goes by fast. You know, in the beginning of our career, Eric and I were putting out two, three, four albums a year between Lana Lane, Rocket Scientists and Eric's solo albums. And it was, uh, it was very stressful to produce that much music 
in a finite amount of time. And it always felt like we were just, you know, running and running and running and, and it got tiring because <laughs> it continued that way for a few years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even El Dorado Hotel was, was kind of like that. It was like, it had to be finished by this time. And, and it takes away from creativity and it takes away from just the joy of making a record. Yeah. And so, you know, Eric continued to release things and Eric was on the road a lot in, in those 10 years. My mom is getting older um, and I was spending time with her. I started my little gourmet foods business, um, just kind of enjoyed life, you know, and I'm getting older too. You know, I've been in the business 20 or been recording 26 plus years. Um, and I just didn't feel like I had anything new to say either. Mm -hmm. So, and Frontiers had been, had been asking me um, for a few years, you know, can you please do another record? And if the timing just wasn't right for me, um, I didn't feel it. And then this time they asked, it was like, you know, I think so. <laughs> so <laughs> well, that's you why the gap. <laughs> Your voice doesn't sound like somebody who's been in, you know, is doing this for that long. So I will say that Aww. it's, uh, yeah, it sounds, it, your voice is, you're ve in ve your very fine voice for this album. Eric writing, doing quite a bit of writing here. Tell me how Lana Lane's songs happen. What's what's the process? Are there is there more than one way that they come come together? There's a couple ways. Um, sometimes Eric will come with a an idea or just a musical part of a song, and I'll end up writing the melody and the lyrics. Um, or he'll have. A, a melody that he brings to me. For me, it's much like I told you before, I, I write something on the piano and then Eric comes up and, you know, we'll look at my hands and translate what those chords are. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the process. For me, sometimes I will write a poem or a, a short story and then I will build a melody on top of that. Other times, I just play poking around on the piano and playing chords and then a melody comes to me that way. Yeah. So it's kind of generic, but generic and organic, but that's how it happens. <laughs> yeah. 
when did you start writing the songs for this album? I mean, it's uh, with with it being this big of a gap. I didn't know if maybe some of these had been around for quite some time, or if or if there was a point in time where you said, "I'm going to start working on a new album." Here's here's my first writing session. Uh, some of them have been around for a while of, of Eric's um, that he's been saving for me. I actually really started writing for the record probably a year ago. Okay. After we got, you know, after we got the, the offer from frontiers, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so this is really going to happen. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Was there just these 11 songs? Were there more and you pared down to the, to the 11 that you went with? No, it was just these 11. There seems to be some connectivity lyrically of some ideas of separation. There's, um, remember me is a separation in terms of, of time being away. And then there's physical separation in, in bring it on home, miss California, <laughs> far from home. Was that something you were, you were, that was on your mind or, or is it just coincidental? No, that was on, that was on our minds. Um, but we also wanted to really keep the album um, an uplifting listening process because there had just been so much crap for the last few years for most people that and and music that was coming out was really reflecting like the dark and, and dreary side of all that and i just really wanted to put a record out that people could sing along to and you know maybe have them reflect and feel better and know that you know you just got to keep moving and keep positive and things do get better Mm -hmm. Sometimes it takes a while, but they do get better. And I think that's reflected that sort of desire on your part to to be uplifting in that, in that this is not a heavy, um, it's not heavily symphonic progressive. There's elements of that, but it's it's really sort of an album oriented rock approach. Yeah. 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 And that's um, what we really wanted to do. It's like I, I, I just wanted to do songs that made me feel good. And, you know, when Mark and I wrote Bring It On Home, it was like just a fun kind of groovy Lenny Kravitz type of song <laughs> that was just made us both feel really good. And someone like you, yeah, just you're right. It is AOR. I don't know if we set out to to do that, but it just naturally evolved into that because I just wanted to do songs that 
I enjoyed singing and were um, symphonic. Yeah. Remember Me kicks off the album. I wondered if this was intentionally sequenced because it had been such a long gap between albums. I'm sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> because album, uh, Eric did the album, uh, uh, what do you call it? The uh, list or the track sequence. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coffee yet. But yes, the, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure that that was part of it. So it starts off with this big church organy type of intro. What uh, what sort of inspired that? Was that was that uh, something Eric brought to you, or did you think of that in your mind? No, no, that was Eric. That was Eric. He uh, everything that Eric does for the most part, I really like. I can't think of any time where I've gone. Mm, I don't think I like that. Everything is like, oh, that's so great. That's cool. The sounds and you know they're just fun. They're reminiscent you know, of, you know, seventies and it just, mm -hmm. it's a nice component. You've got a video for this. And what I like about that is that the, the woman in the video finds this little treasure trove of Lana Lane CDs. Yeah, she <laughs> does. It, uh, did yeah. you guys storyboard the idea for the video or cause yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah. this one and, and um, under the big sky, I think is, is another one. Did you, how many did you do? Is it just those two? Uh, we did three total. Um, we did another one for um, Far From Home. Those are actually songs that the record company chose mm -hmm. for us to do videos for. I don't know if I would have chosen all three of those. I probably would have chosen something other than Far From Home. I liked I liked Under the Big Sky and Remember Me, but I almost felt like they just chose the fastest songs, you know, just yeah. to keep people, you know, because everyone, everything's going to be now. And it's like, well, it would be nice if there was something else, but not my choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Record companies, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm just thankful, you know, that they, they kept asking and, you know, yeah. they still find me to be relevant, which is nice. Yeah. I find, um, I've actually, interviewed quite a few artists that are on frontiers and they seem to be very aggressive in knowing what they want and going after it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I did, you know, when I saw the other females on female artists on frontiers, I said to Eric, I said, 
what do they want with me? <laughs> because they are so different than what I do, you know? Mm-hmm. And he said, that's probably why. Because, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're something different and you've been around a long time. So Under the Big Sky is great because it, there's a, there's something very identifiable about Eric's Moog. Yeah. Um, He's and it's you get that comforting Eric Norlander sound to start this one. talk about being under the sky from be, you know being out there from sunrise to twilight was was this subject matter pandemic driven it's this it seems like something where it's like you just wanted to be out probably well eric wrote that song of course yeah i would think that he wrote it that we were just like kind of trapped inside and it was just nice to be out and with with other musicians and mm-hmm. yeah i would agree with that and i'm sure he would too you got this song really actually and i was curious as to the lyrics as this one is this directed at a specific person is it is it more an introspective piece about self-doubt it is directed to a specific person but i can't tell you who that is (laughs) i'm not gonna i'm not gonna (laughs) try to pry that out of you that we we don't we're not gonna dox people on this show Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's um that one's really uh, kind of different uh, stylistically. I like the the wordplay of um, you think yeah. that you will, but you won't, and and that, yeah, That's it's right. really it's cool. And That's it how goes, people talk. <laughs> <you know? laughs> So you got Come Lift Me Up, which is, I think, one of my favorites on the album.
just got this beautiful chorus with a nice little double guitar solo. It's got this like acoustic guitar solo followed by the longer electric guitar solo. Yeah. What uh, what was the construction of that song like? Um, that was actually a Mark McCrite song. And the way Mark and I work together is, you know, he will he will record acoustic guitar and sing. And then he it's usually la la's or hum hums. <laughs> and then <laughs> I'll write lyrics. Eric will arrange the song. On that particular song, Eric actually wrote the chorus because I felt the verse and the chorus that Mark brought that that chorus sounded more like a B B verse. So um, we just kind of reworked it, uh, the three of us, and it just turned out to be a really beautiful song. I agree with you. It's, mm -hmm. it's it seems like those songs when there's three of us involved, it's much like Queen of the Ocean, which is one of my favorite songs on the Queen of the Ocean. Um, <laughs> same thing, you know, the three of us. In that case, four Neil Citron wrote that that haunting guitar line it's like when everybody comes together and you just set your egos aside and you you know just try to make the best song possible mm -hmm. so so i know you guys talked about or you talked about being a family with those guys and does mark just sometimes write songs and go this is a lana song i gotta set this one aside for lana yeah. or yeah it's, yeah, that's what yeah. it seems like. It's, it's yeah. it seems like that kind of guy was like, I've got this song. It's not really me. It's not really rocket scientist. Let's put it over here. I think it yeah. would be good for Lana. Yeah. Which is awesome because we're always like, so Mark, we need some Mark songs. We need some Mark songs for Lana. You know, he's just, here you go. <laughs> I love the way Mark shows up in the one video for that same line every time. And that's, <laughs> that's like all we see of Mark is he's there for the one line. You know, it was, was so hard, you know, to get everybody together to do mm -hmm. a video. And it was like, we really wanted Greg Ellis because he's just one of the greatest drummers I've ever worked with. He is just perfect. And we tried to get, let's see, Mark and I forget where Mark was, but even Jeff Coleman is not really there. He's, he lives in, uh, I forget where he lives, some someplace back east. And so he had to record himself and then we had to, you know, put him in the video because yeah. just hard getting everyone together for, because we live in Northern California. We have a finite amount of time. So yeah. it's, I think it's pretty seamless with Jeff. He looks like he's there with you. It's, um, I know. Is it, what well, did he just shoot in front of a green screen then? Yeah. Yeah. Stick him in there. Yep. Um, so we go bring it on home a little variety on the album shown as you guys come up come up with a uh, follow a ballad with a little bit of a harder rocking track i like that mm -hmm. uh, and then you go into don't disturb the occupants which is very twilight zone ish and yes. and it's probably the most sort of out there sci-fi song on the album what it kind is. of prompt what was the what was the catalyst for that one there again, Eric wrote that song, and there, there was a Doctor Who episode. I don't remember what the name of it was. He will kill me for not remembering it, but that <laughs> sparked his creativity for that song. Yeah, it definitely has a Doctor Who sound to it. Don't disturb yeah, the occupants. Yeah. I wish I could remember what it was. <laughs> They know. 
like that one and then you you guys made me learn a new word because yes uh, mondegreen. lady mondegreen i didn't know what a mondegreen was i didn't know what that was i looked it up and i was like okay that's what you yeah your... you looked it up yay because yeah. most people that it just completely goes over their head and and same with me i was like mondegreen lady mondegreen and eric's like funny you should ask and then he told me what a mondegreen was and i'm like oh that's awesome so I wanted to know, to yeah. I, I wanted to know if it was a real person. Like, is this a bio, you know, a biography yeah. of somebody? And then <laughs> I found out what it was, and I was like, okay, this is, a, you know, the misheard lyric laid yeah. him on, laid him on the green, is heard as Lady Mondegreen, and that the whole evolution, exactly. of that, which I love the evolution of wordplay like that. It's great. Yeah, so, there's so many songs like that, you know, that, <laughs> that even you know I was singing wrong lyrics too for years. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> So the the in parentheses the title says uh, she's so misunderstood. Is that about you? Or no. Is it just a, a an allusion back to the wordplay? Allusion back to the yeah. It's very cool. I like that a lot. But Miss California. It sounds autobiographical, but also sounds like something that was written prior to the pandemic. I mean, because people haven't been traveling as much. Yeah. Yes. That had a little wordplay too, because you know I'm sure people, if they saw the title, thought that it was, you know, Miss California. Right. Yeah, um, I like that too. <laughs> yeah. When you when you're on the road and you're traveling, um, you kind of forget, you know, how great home is because you're all wrapped up. And then you have those moments when you're like, oh gosh, I just want to go home. I just want to <laughs> go home. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. I think everybody can. It is or, did you write the lyrics or Eric? Uh, we both. Um, no, that was all Eric. I'm okay. just looking there. That, that was, was all gonna. Eric. I was going to ask you if you've been to all those places named in the song. I know you've been to Japan yes. and, and the various Russian, uh, yes. the various European places. I didn't know about St. Petersburg, though. Yes, we've been to St. Petersburg, which Far From Home is based on that. Okay. Our, our St. Petersburg concert, which was awesome, by the way. The airport was not. That was frightening. And you felt <laughs> like you were <laughs> people with machine guns. And it was just like, wow, okay. <laughs> we're just here to saying and stuff but the concert was awesome and it was absolutely beautiful just we got to see some of the country it was honestly stunning you're now you're home in california and you've probably been there a little longer than you anticipated yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's uh, but, okay yeah 
Far From Home has a little bit of that same theme to it. And, and um, you know, you mentioned that there's a tie-in. And, it, you know, like I said, this is sort of thematic throughout the album, this, this sense of, you know, being separated from somewhere or someone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was a nice, it's a nice theme to weave through the album. And I think um, the sequencing that Eric did has, does a nice job of sort of spacing it out and, and, you know, and then putting those, those other songs kind of fitting them in uh, really well. The last song is Neptune Blue. This is the, the epic. It's sort of, um, I don't know, it sounds like a sci-fi love song to me. It is. That's how I wrote it. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite songs because it's kind of, like my journey with Eric through my musical journey with Eric from the time we met to now, it's just our little love story. And I love the science fiction part of it. Mm-hmm. Like sci-fi. Promise to find her beyond the Neptune blue. He's waited a lifetime for a ticket to the Where did the inspiration for that wordplay, Neptune Blue, come from? Good question. Well, I I love Ticket to the Moon by ELO. Um, I kind of wanted to write a song like that. And I had been doing research uh, on the astrology signs for the song. And Neptune Blue is like an actual, what do they call it? not a star, but it's an actual um, element. So I was like, you know, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah. So I, I went with Neptune Blue. It fits really <laughs> well color. with the mood, the, the mood of the music and, and, and the lyrics fit together really well. It's, um, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite songs on the album. And I know people say, oh, there's Michael going with his epics, you know, but, um, but I do like it, even though, it, you know, it is the longest song now, but that's not it why is. I like it. <laughs> no, I, I, it's my favorite song too. And I was hoping, talking about the videos again, that that song could have gotten a video. But, you know, yeah, it is what it is. Because yeah. I think it's, it's a really interesting song. And I absolutely love the outro. Eric wrote that outro to the song, that build. And it just, I love it. Yeah, it seems like the song is about to end at about four and a half minutes, and then you know it extends out with this um, yeah. these instrumental twists and turns, and the the vocals about boarding the starlight train or whatever, and then yeah. and that really is it's very um, it just puts a picture in your mind of this futuristic place, and you want you're going to go to the you know I guess the moon of Neptune, and you're going to yeah. get on this train. It's very cool, and find um, your true love. <laughs> yeah, if you know if all goes well. That's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, this uh, the artwork for this. It's uh, the house on the artwork looks like the same house 
uh, from was it Curious Goods? Um, yeah. Is this the same artist that you and Eric and the Rocket Science have yes. been using throughout for years and years? Yeah, and if you notice, there are other elements like the bed. Um, there's a portion of the bed that's from uh, Queen of the Ocean, and then the clock tower or the is from Lady Macbeth. Mm -hmm. So there's little familiar elements, and then um, his typical wonderful surreal art. <laughs> yeah, so it's got these like sort of mechanical critters running around yeah. somewhere for you to look yeah, at. Yeah. It's very, it's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> How did you become the voice of the computer for Arion? Dream sequencer system online. Good morning, colonist. You have selected the universal migrator program. Please lie down in the energy tank and place the electrodes on your temples. Think of your designation number and drink the fluid from the vessel at the left terminal. Program loaded. Commencing UM reincarnation protocol. Now focus on the music as I take you back to your childhood. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That was years ago. Yeah. Back uh, in 2000, I think. Yeah. Well, he played on Secrets of Astrology. Mm -hmm. um, and we recorded um, his guitars in Holland in his studio. Um, and he was in the middle of recording his own stuff. And he asked me to be the computer voice. And I'm like, okay, I've never <laughs> done that before, but okay. <laughs> yeah. This would be Ari and Anthony Lucasen of, uh, Arian, obviously. And, and you've been on a few of his releases. You sang Dragon on the Sea on the first Universal Migrator album, which it's one of my favorite tracks from that album. That's one of my favorite Arian albums. So that's a good um, one. You, you've been on, I think you did some backing vocals for his Ambion project as well. Yes. Yep. Just uh, just a good rapport between you and and, and Aryan. Yeah. Haven't haven't been in touch with him in many, many years. Um, he's still doing his thing. Mm -hmm. um, we're doing ours and we don't travel anymore. I mean, we haven't like um, the guitar player pair who we used on my gosh, I want to say my last three or four albums and the drummer Ernster in Holland, it's just a little difficult, you know, to, to work that far away from, yeah. from people. So, 
and I have my own family still, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You've done a lot of these sort of little side projects here and there. You and Eric were very mm -hmm. involved with the Roswell 6 project. Mm -hmm. um, I just actually I just had uh, Michael Sadler on the, the show a couple weeks ago when we were talking oh. about Roswell 6, so it's kind of still fresh in my mind. How do you pick which which projects you're gonna work on or, or be a part of, or is it just a matter of whoever asks you're you're willing to give them a listen? Uh, no, on the second part, <laughs> not whoever will ask. I, I think we just if we like the project and we think it's a nice fit, we we do it. If we don't, we don't. I think that you should be, you know, involved and present if you're going to be. A guest singer on mm -hmm. on something and you know i have to like it and respect it to do that so that's how i choose it yeah tell me about your scarves you use these, you use these <laughs> scarves when you you know when you sing it's, it's yes. like a sort of a big part of your look and and, and the flavor of your shows and, and that kind of thing how did that get incorporated when did that start okay that started when we were setting up to play live. There are always long or longish instrumental sections in the songs. And early, early on there were a lot of them. And so I would just be standing there and Eric said, well, you know, you could play tambourine. And I was like, uh, no, I am not gonna play tambourine. <laughs> just, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> I, so I thought, well, it's progressive and it's it's movement. So I'm going to use my scarf. And it it's really like, it's, they're really like my security blankets now. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you, is that just something so that you have something to do with your hands while you're, you know, while you're yeah, up there? It is. It's just like I have my own thing. It's like if I were to play a guitar, which I, you know, I don't, not, not well enough to play in front of people anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so I just have my scarves and I've been gifted some awesome scarves and I use them in my video, my videos lately. So yeah, I was going to ask you how, how many you have and is it too numerous to count? <laughs> no, it isn't too numerous to count because they have to be a certain fabric so that they flow nicely. They have to be kind of light and sometimes they're a little heavy. And I like it to be a little uh, see-through and they have to be quite long so that I can, you know, yeah. do a lot of movement with them. <laughs> Neptune Blue, are there, are there going to be any live shows for this album? I don't know. You know, we always hope for that, but I, you know, I have no idea with, you know, the resurgence of, you know, our other 
a virus. <laughs> um, I don't know what will happen. And I'm sure, you know, depending on the sales too of the record, I mean, the record company, you know, will put money behind touring if they think it's worth it. Right. So, I know it's tough uh, for musicians. It seems like that's, that's where the money is, is doing the live shows, but then it's hard to do the live shows, especially right now. Yeah. And especially yeah. for an artist that, re that, you know, sort of requires, um, you know, paying musicians, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, of course, you know, because nobody likes to work for free. Yeah. I mean, they're already, you know, stealing our stuff, you know, downloading it for free. So we don't get anything, but that's another, that's a story for another time. <laughs> so you have two more albums you're going to be doing with Frontiers then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they put any time limits on you or are they, are they constraining you to a certain amount of time or are you just whenever you well, can deliver we, them? You know, another one next year and then another one the year after that. So that that's doable, you know, yeah. that's, that's a nice pace and we get to enjoy the process more. Yeah. It's better right. than doing four albums a year. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm telling you, I don't know, you know, especially the age that we are now, I, it, it amazes me that we were able to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, there was so much, Eric just put together a, um, the very best of Lana Lane for Japan because they're releasing a very best of. Mm -hmm. And just the catalog of songs that we went through to choose those very best of was amazing. I just can't believe that we produced that much music. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think you forget about it when you're on that treadmill, you know, yeah. you don't, you don't realize. And then, you know, 25 plus years later, you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. As somebody that didn't get into progressive rock until I want to say, oh, four, I think is when I started to get it, really get into it. I can tell you that think tank media, if you're trying to be a completist, it's going to cost you some money. Yeah. <laughs> that's another brilliant uh step from my husband because he was always adamant that we did not you know sign deals with large record companies and that we retained all our publishing yeah um so it's a, it's the the gift that keeps on giving yeah. <laughs> our catalog <laughs> the Jap the japanese can uh, compilation is it a, a single disc or two uh, i think it's two and I think that, I don't know when it's coming out, but um, maybe February, I think. Mm -hmm. It's a good it's, one. Yeah. Are you still <laughs> seeing that a lot of your, a lot of your fans are, are from Japan? Is, is that still a large portion of your, of your fandom? Yeah. Yeah. Not, not as much as it was um, because, you know, we haven't been um, visual really there for a few years. Like, probably 10 years, you know, since El Dorado Hotel. Yeah. Um, but I do have my loyal fans for sure. Yeah. From there. And from here, I'm glad that you're not going to be uh, spending another 10 years between albums. That's good. No, to know. me too. <laughs> and, uh, I'd be way too old. <laughs> so people can get this from Frontiers, and that's the only place you can get the 2LP yellow vinyl. Yep. They can find out more about you from lanalane.com. Um, you're not really on Twitter. Is that right? No. But I am on Instagram. You're on Instagram. 
You have an Instagram a lot. That's uh, Lana Lane Artist is the Instagram, and you're on Facebook. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just too exhausting to to be in every social media. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, and you know, for me, um, being that I'm a little older, even the Instagram thing was like, oh my God, there's a learning curve because I was talking to my sister-in-law and I'm like, you know, I'm on my computer and I can't do this. And she said, oh no, no, it's got to be from your phone. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. They've made it a little easier for people to use their, their laptops now. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's definitely a mobile device type of yeah. um, medium, but um, yeah. Uh, so go find Lana on on Twitter, uh, not on Twitter, but on Instagram, on Facebook, and um, you know check out the website lanalane.com. You can buy some of those uh, at the uh, the Think Tank Media website. You can buy a lot of your back catalog, and uh, I think this this def it's a Frontiers record, so it'll be available on their website. But also you should be able to pick up the CD on Amazon as well. Probably, yeah. All right, Lana, it's been fantastic talking to you. I wish you, you nothing, I wish you nothing but the best of luck. I, I actually met you and Eric at the first Cal Prague a million years ago. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's right, Cal Prague. Yeah, so I got some stuff signed, um, you know, when I was there. So that's kind of cool. And, oh, uh, yeah, it's nice. been nice. it's been nice catching up with you. You too. Thank you so much for the time. It was a pleasure. Michael's Record Collection is hosted and produced by Michael Citro. Logo graphic courtesy of Jerry Cutchins. Follow Michael's Record Collection on social media, at Mike's Records on Twitter, and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you like what you hear, you can support the show through our Patreon at patreon.com slash Michael's Record Collection. For the free newsletter version, go to substack.com and just type Michael's Record Collection into the search bar. Thanks for listening.